This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hello, darling. Hi. How you doing? I'm here. Ready to podcast. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm doing good, too. Um, I have a giant pizza in front of my face. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. It's episode 89. Spring break murders. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the giant pizza. Spring break. Woo! Woohoo! <laughs> you know what? Uh, it It's home day. It's home day. Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> I was trying to, I was forcing the dance this week. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, you're carrying the weight for the both of us. I guess. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. This week's hump day treat is brought to you by Miss Brittany Gowetsky. What Hi. you got? <laughs> hey. <laughs> so I had something else planned and I just change my mind because I, I just fucking do that. And that's what you do. I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to think back <laughs> to when I used to watch MTV Spring Break. Oh, yeah. It's like, a good way to channel that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. 1998-ish when I was way too young to be watching MTV Spring Break because <laughs> I was like 12. <laughs> No, you weren't. Were you really? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was 12 in 1998. I was 18. And I aspired to be one of the uh, beach party people. Mm Mm-hmm. Eating giant pieces of pizza and, well, a lot of them were drinking beer out of Solo Cups or Zima's. Oh yeah, Zima. Zima's not a thing anymore, so I got a stupid <laughs> some Mike's hard lemonade because that's the next best thing. It's pretty damn close. I'm gulping it down. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I haven't had one in a hot minute. It's I haven't either. And then I got pizza. I started to get Little Caesars because that's like cheap college kid pizza. <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, no, I really want good pizza. So um, thank. I mean, the Little Caesars is good, but this, though? Yeah, it's not good, good. No. It's like school cafeteria good. It's not. Oh. Yeah. It's comparable to that. Yeah. Not yeah. to, you know, the good I shit. never thought about it like that. So there's this newer pizza place in the mall here mm-hmm. called Doughboys. And I think they were a food truck first. I think they were, too. But now they're in the mall, and their oh, pizza is... Delicious. We just got a plain old standard pepperoni pizza today, mm-hmm. but I mean, the shit's good. The shit is good. We went, we actually went to the mall one day mm-hmm. and we all got some. Oh, man. Which is yeah. also very 1998 to go eat pizza at the mall. Oh, it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did kind of feel like a high school kid. <laughs> we went and looked at dresses and ate pizza. We didn't have our parents with us. <laughs> Totes on our own. With our own money. <laughs> yeah. So great. We were so cool that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But oh, yeah, okay. um, so that's the vibes I was going for. Oh, you obviously brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever watch Spring Break on MTV? Hell yes! What was oh your favorite? Gosh. What was your favorite stuff on on there? Uh, well, mostly for me, it was like they do the the shows and the videos but they'd be at the beach house mm-hmm. and they'd all be in the pool like all the Our pretty girls dancing, dancing on platforms and, like above oh the pool oh my gosh i wanted to do that so bad i wanted to be one of the girls in the pool i used to okay i just wanted to go there <laughs> remember well, I, I was 12 real world okay. and <laughs> remember i was 12 and had no business yeah even fantasizing about this <laughs> but i wanted to go 
and do, because you know how they would do the live on stage of Say What Karaoke and Singled Out <laughs> at Spring Break? Yeah. That's the shit I wanted to do. I wanted to be vulgarly dancing oh to a song God. doing Say What Karaoke or on Singled Out because um, oh, those singled out. those people were going to meet their soulmates because they asked questions that really mattered. No, I know. They got right <laughs> to the core of it. And they, all the important stuff. It wasn't stuff. about how people looked. No, because you couldn't even see Except for when you handed out the save. I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, we're going to have to go find some episodes of that. Yes, it's time to YouTube. Singled out. Singled out. (laughs) Definitely coming to my TV this weekend. That was my shit. (laughs) I miss the old MTV so Mm -hmm. much. They need to bring that back. That was great. (sighs) The good old days. Bring back videos. Damn it. Girl, I had a VHS tape that I had recorded a bunch of videos. Stop it now. (laughs) I swear. I did not do that, but I did record music from the radio onto cassette. Well, I did that as well. I guess I I always miss the first like four seconds of the song. I know. (laughs) And if you miss the play and record at the oh my God, if you didn't push them at the same time. You could really ruin that shit. You ever mess up a tape doing that? No. I did. I don't know how, but I did. <laughs> so did you have just like a regular cassette player or did you have a boom box? I had both. Like when I was younger, I had the little, uh, God, it was like a seafoam green and it was like this, like a long rectangle. <laughs> oh my God, it was so cute. And then when I got older, I got one that had a CD player in it. It was still portable. Okay, for Christmas And I one ruined year, it, bringing it out to the pool. <laughs> my first not portable one was one of those that had the detachable speakers on the side. Oh, God, yes. And it had a three-CD disc changer Bitch. and dual cassettes. I'm was so jealous right now. I wanted one so Santa bad. brought me that one year, so... <laughs> mm. I must have been really good. Yeah. Damn. I didn't, I take that, well, I got one my senior year. So we probably got them about the same time. Probably. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I don't think of this as that far (laughs) more. That was great. Sorry. Thanks for making me feel old today. Anyway, let's get into our episode. <laughs> All of our bullshit. Um, y'all can go to the socials and we'll uh You can see more bullshit ourselves. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot more bullshit there. <laughs> I got Brittany to do another TikTok. There's two in the world now. No. Three. There's three. There's three fucking TikToks in the world. Yeah. I still haven't downloaded that up. Yep. We're getting her there. We're getting her there. All right. She's going to do it. So go see the TikTok video. (laughs) And pictures from the cases and hum day treats and trivia and all that good stuff. Yeah. All right. Speaking of good stuff. Let's get to the murder. I mean, the murder's not good, but the story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) God. It's fine. Everything is fine. It's all fine. Mm -hmm. We're good. Okay. All right. So do we have any trigger warnings? We forgot some last week. Oh, my God. Oh, and I just want to go ahead and apologize real quick. <laughs> what? I made a, I made a few very um, insensitive jokes last week. <laughs> and while... Yeah, we got a little... <laughs> while I... While my intentions were not to be ugly, no. When I listened to the finished product, I thought that was a little insensitive, Brittany. You probably shouldn't have made that joke. There's two that I can think of right now off the top of my head, and they were both me, and so I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be ugly, but same. It was like, ah, fuck. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said something because I forgot all about that part of it. While I think it's funny, it probably was not suited for the masses. <laughs> so I'm sure there will be some sort of Karen review for that one, too. 
We just got a little carried away and giggly last week. I don't know. We just yeah. needed to let loose. So if we offended anyone, we apologize. Yeah. Okay. So this week I'm doing a case that most of you who like true crime mm-hmm. probably already know. The case is about the disappearance of Brittany Drexel. Yeah. So I followed this for a while. And then, I know you did. <laughs> yeah. I was like obsessed for a little while. And then I kind of started doing the podcast and reading different things and, you know, kind of didn't really think about it much. They found her killer. Shut up. Did And I sh- didn't know. So I didn't know that either. Here you go, friends. Fuck yes. It happened the end of last year. And so here we go. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So there is a happy ending to this horrible, horrible story. Thank God. Okay, cool. Go. All right. So Brittany Drexel was a 17-year-old high school student from Rochester, New York, on spring break with friends when she went missing on April 25th, 2009. So let's look at a picture of Brittany real quick. Yeah. Okay. So here's gorgeous Brittany. With the most fabulous bangs I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, she is so precious. I love her. And, and she is definitely in the 2000s. Oh yeah. Oh, oh it's yeah. strong with this Super one. Super tan and mm-hmm. she probably has sun in in her hair. With a black vest. Uh-huh. Lots of eyeliner. She looks fabulous. No, wait, it looks like a velour, like juicy couture top. Which is also cool. Yeah, very. Yeah. I'm not hating on it. Matching velour jumpsuit. Is something you need. She looks really cute yeah. in it. Yeah. I didn't look that cute in them. <laughs> it was not. Me neither, but I sure should try. <laughs> and mine was not Juicy Couture. Mine was probably Walmart. Mine was Walmart. <laughs> or if they was having a sale at Sears or JCPenney's. Ooh, Sears. I used to find some really cute going out clothes at Sears. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. <laughs> okay. So it took more than 13 years for police to arrest the man they believe to be responsible, charging him with murder, kidnapping, and criminal sexual conduct. Oh, I'm so happy they caught him. So here we are. Hi. There's your synopsis. Okay. And let's I'm, I'm in. start at the beginning. Let's. Brittany asked her mom if she could go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina over spring break with her boyfriend and some girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Her mom, Dawn, said no, since she did not know the other teenagers and there were no adults going on the trip. As oh, a good yeah, mama no, I'd would. say no as well. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Nope, not happening. My mom would just laugh at me. She wouldn't even <laughs> answer me. This led to arguments between the two for several days until April 22nd when Brittany asked if she could go to a friend's house for a day or two to try to calm down. Dawn uh, agreed that that would be a good idea. So they must have been fighting pretty bad. I mean, 17-year-old girls can be a little ruthless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. hell. Yep. So that day, Brittany left for South Carolina without telling her mom. Mm-hmm. Three days later, after they arrived at the Bar Harbor Hotel in Myrtle Beach, Brittany called her mom and told her that she was at the beach. So her mom assumed that she had been referring to a beach along Lake Ontario. Because normally it's kind of cold in New York in April, mm-hmm. but it was unseasonably warm, so a lot of people were going to the beach. Oh, so that's no. where her mom assumed she was. Okay. Brittany was last seen on April 25th, 2009 on Ocean Boulevard in Myrtle Beach. She was on the way to meet friends at another hotel a mile and a half away from the one she was staying at when she disappeared. Brittany was seen on hotel surveillance video shortly before 9 p.m. leaving the Blue Water Resort, which was where her friends that she was visiting were staying. So I have a little screen grab of the surveillance video. It looks like she's walking into the lobby in this picture. Yeah. But she's just got on her little flip-flops and shorts and purse slung over her shoulder, doing what you do. She's so cute. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's 17 and should not be walking around alone. No, don't ever. At a hotel in a strange city. Look, this story teaches so many lessons. Yes. So many lessons right here. Pay attention, friends. She texted her boyfriend, John Greco, saying she was walking back to the Bar Harbor Hotel where she was staying. He wasn't able to join the group in Myrtle Beach because he had work commitments. So she ended up just going with friends. Boyfriend stayed back. Well, that sucks for him. Yeah. But they had been texting back and forth, uh, but around 9.15, her text suddenly stopped. 
So boyfriend John started calling her friends in Myrtle Beach to see if they knew where she was or what had happened. When that didn't help, he called Dawn, Brittany's mom. Good boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mom still didn't know that her daughter was in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. So Dawn called Chad, Brittany's adoptive father, Mm. and then the Rochester police, hoping that they could establish communications with the police in Myrtle Beach. Repeated calls and texts to Brittany went unanswered. (laughs) Dawn drove to Myrtle Beach to help authorities in the search. The initial search began on April 26th, so the next morning. Okay. The last person who had reported seeing Brittany before she had left the Blue Water Resort was identified as Peter Brozowitz, a 20-year-old nightclub promoter that she knew from the Rochester area and was also vacationing in Myrtle Beach. So that's who she went to visit at that hotel. Okay. So let's look at a picture of Peter, who is also very much an early oh, 2000s my. poster boy. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the, oh, the puka shells and the With his puka hair. shell necklace and spiky hair. jeans and flip-flops. Uh-huh. Pierced ears, uber tan. Oh. Like, I'm willing to bet he went to the tan bed. <clears throat> I'm willing to bet. Or even a spray tan. Who knows? No, that wasn't, tans that wasn't a thing. He could have spray tanned himself. That he was a thing. He could have. Oh, he's not quite orange enough. For no, that. I started to say, no, that looks too good for that to be a, a I don't know. Tan. We'd have to see his hands. The hands would <laughs> Show tell. me your palms. <laughs> yes, let me see your palms. <laughs> After police interviewed Brozowitz and the men that he was sharing his hotel room with, They said that the police said no one had been ruled in or out, adding that they did not have any persons of interest. Hmm. On April 29th, Brozowitz retained an attorney. Yeah. The attorney said he did so due to repetitive questioning from police. So the first couple times I heard this story, I thought, well, then he's fucking guilty because he wanted an attorney. No, actually, it's smart. (laughs) The more I think about it, I'd be like, well, fuck, I'd get an attorney, too. Yeah. If they kept questioning me, because I'd be like, oh, Shit, like, because I'm gonna slip, slip up and say something. Is somebody gonna try to pin this on me? Yeah, are they trying to Stephen Avery me? Right? Yeah. Like, I'd be the one they'd be talking into. Yeah, I I guess I did it. Mm -hmm. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Shit. I just want this. Can I just take a nap? (laughs) Just have a nap in the Snickers. Oh my god. (laughs) On the paper. A nap in a Snickers, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> I want a fluffy pillow. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. How you survived incarceration, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to crack. <laughs> they haven't offered me any wine or cheese. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> Oh, it was rough. (laughs) Police searched Brittany's (laughs) hotel room, finding all of the clothes she had packed, but not her purse or her cell phone. Hmm. And which is totes important. Yeah. The phone's network pings were tracked on a path leading 50 to 60 miles south of Myrtle Beach. The pings had stopped abruptly early on the morning of April 26th. Areas near there and around Myrtle Beach where a body might have been disposed of were then searched for 11 days. It was an 11-day-long search. Oh, so they have a dumping ground? Is that apparently a possible dumping ground? Apparently. Let's search that. There's well, some of those, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what does Ellen Marsh say? We need uh, floodlights! Floodlights flood at any possible <laughs> dumping ground. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Louisiana would be covered in floodlights. <laughs> oh, God. We'd never be able to sleep. No. Ugh. In 2011, police searched an apartment in Georgetown County, but that effort did not offer any information that helped identify a suspect. So they got a tip, searched an apartment, didn't help anything. So uh, Brittany's mom, Dawn, and Peter Brozowitz had several confrontations on Dr. Phil, during which Brozowitz often expressed frustration at the damage to his reputation. Yeah. Because he was a club promoter. Yeah. He can't be, you know, suspected of murder. Well, I mean, even if you're just a regular peon, you know, like the little people, it can it's still, still fuck not your shit cool up. being yeah. accused of murder. You can still fuck your shit up. Yeah. Brittany's story was also featured on America's Most Wanted. It was on the cover of People magazine, and the investigation discovery show disappeared. Yep. 
Yeah. They hoped the national media attention would bring forth some new information on the case. It didn't. Nothing. Dawn eventually relocated to Myrtle Beach permanently to be close to where her daughter had last been seen and to better monitor the progress of the investigation. Dawn believed that her daughter had been trafficked, but the Myrtle Beach police did not believe this was a strong possibility due to their claim of little or no trafficking <laughs> taking place in their jurisdiction. Doesn't mean it's not happening, you fuckface. But hold on. Hold on. Okay. However... A 2019 report conducted by the South Carolina Human Trafficking Task Force rated Horry County as the number one county in South Carolina for reporting human trafficking victims. Well, then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, what say you now? (coughs) That's a good one. In June 2010, a 37-year-old man named Timothy Sean Taylor. Okay, Pause for a moment. So this can get confusing, but just stick with me. Okay. Okay. I trust you. I'll hold um, your hand. So Timothy John Taylor was arrested and accused of trying to kidnap a 20-year-old woman in Myrtle Beach. That woman claimed two men jumped out of a van and tried to abduct her. She said she elbowed one of the men in the face and escaped. Yeah, bitch. Yes, Queen. Mm-hmm. Police initially believed the case might be connected to Brittany's disappearance. Those charges were dropped five months later with police saying the cases were not related. What? Put a pin in that. Okay. I'm just trying to keep the timeline going, but put a pin in that for later. Okay. Okay. In April 2012, days after the three-year anniversary of Brittany's disappearance, her friends and family gathered in Myrtle Beach to plant a tree in her honor. In September that year, a week before what would have been uh, her 21st birthday, Her mother sent a letter to Myrtle Beach media outlets questioning whether the friends Brittany was with the day she disappeared had told police everything they knew. Ooh. She claimed Brittany's friends never looked for her and refused to report her missing. Here's a quote from... Really? Yeah, here's a quote from Dawn. The past three years have been a heart-wrenching experience, and I know someone has knowledge of what happened to my daughter. She hoped that this letter she sent to the media outlets would... Lead to new information. On Brittany's birthday, October 7th, a candlelight vigil was held at her memorial tree in Myrtle Beach. Aww. So, a few years down the road, June 2016, the FBI announced investigators uh, believe that Brittany had been kidnapped. Yeah. Taken to the McClellanville area, held against her will for days, and ultimately killed. What? Why did they think this? They also announced a $25,000 reward for information regarding the crime. It was the first time authorities publicly said they thought she had been murdered. Oh, my God. That was seven years later. Mm. Seven. That's too many. Oh, that just made me think of friends. (gasps) Seven! 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 Okay, sorry. Inappropriate. This sucks. <laughs> a little one, a two, a one, two, three. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Uh, okay. We're gonna get fired. Anyway, <laughs> we've been canceled. No. In August 2016, reporters named 26-year-old. Timothy Deshaun Taylor. Wait, wait. As the man who might have taken Brittany. So earlier I told you about Timothy Sean. This is Timothy Deshaun. And uh, I will explain in a minute. Let's what? go look at a picture. That's why I said, stick with me. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's go look at Timothy Deshaun Taylor. This is who we talking about now. Okay. Oh, hey, Jawline. I know. Is, uh, is he bad? <sighs> Yeah, he's garbage. Okay. He's garbage, but... His eyes are creeping me out a little bit. Well, they're a little cockhead. <laughs> I don't know if it's because he's raising his eyebrow or if he's well, it's kinda, drunk or... I don't know. Just look for a second. It's kind of hard to tell which direction he's looking at. They look crossed. <laughs> it's kind of hard to they're, tell. They're making me want to cross my... Like, I'm sorry. It's hard to tell which direction he's looking at. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so Timothy Deshaun Taylor okay. was the son of Timothy Sean Taylor. Shut your 
face. Who was arrested in 2010. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm going to call them son and dad from here on out. Okay. okay? That's confusing. <laughs> what? The FBI said an informant told them son, Timothy Taylor, <laughs> held, raped, and killed Brittany at her home before disposing of her body in an alligator-infested swamp. Wait, I remember this now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Son Taylor was arrested weeks later on an unrelated robbery charge. His attorneys claimed he was immediately interrogated about the Drexel case, but was never charged. Son Taylor released a statement maintaining his innocence. He claimed the FBI was given false information by an inmate desperate to cut a deal. Hmm. 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 <laughs> so Chad Drexel, Brittany's dad, issued a statement saying he believed the allegations to be true because, of course, he wants there well, to be yeah. closure. Yeah. He created a petition asking a grand jury to weigh and either validate or discredit the supposed eyewitness claims. The petition mm-hmm. called for Son Taylor and Daddy Taylor to be indicted for Brittany Drexel's murder if the grand jury deemed the claims to be truthful. So he started this petition, wanting to take it to the grand jury and wanting them to decide if there was enough information. Okay, sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would, too. Yeah. Uh, So Chad says, we have no doubt Timothy Deshaun Taylor played a significant role in the abduction and murder of my daughter. So son Taylor was arrested when police said he violated the terms of bail after a robbery arrest by crossing county lines. So they didn't have enough on him. To arrest him for anything involving Brittany. Well, that's that's why I'm making the noise, because the dad said he has no doubt. But on what grounds? There's you jumping. He had nothing. Okay. he he I understand. He wanted closure. Yeah. So son Taylor had been arrested previously for robbery and was out on bail. And he violated those terms by going to a different county. All right. So that's what they were able to arrest him on. Police would release. Dumb shit. mm -hmm. Police would release more information about this arrest in 2018, claiming this was when Son Taylor failed a polygraph test when asked about Brittany's disappearance. So Mm. when they were questioning him about that, they asked him to take a polygraph test. We all know how we feel about those. Mm -hmm. He failed. Yada, yada. Prosecutors urged a judge to sentence Taylor to up to 20 years in prison. The defense team claimed federal prosecutors were only pursuing a lengthy prison sentence because of the lack of closure in the Drexel case. Mm. Son Taylor was released from prison after 10 years and given three years probation. Mm. When asked about the supposed eyewitness statements formally linking him to the case, the FBI issued a statement saying, Quote, throughout the investigation, law enforcement followed multiple leads to wherever they led us based on the information we had at the time. We have an obligation to follow leads to their conclusion. The person we believe is responsible for Brittany's murder has been charged. So they thought he did it, too. Yeah. I I mean, I just don't feel like they had enough. They didn't. So he... I just don't feel like that was... That's why he got out of jail. Yeah. Because he, he never was formally charged. Good. Here's what happened. Here's what had happened. Okay. On May 11th of that year of 2018, remains were found in a wooded area in Georgetown County, South Carolina. On May 16th, Georgetown County Sheriff Carter Weaver announced the remains found days earlier were identified through dental records as those of Brittany Drexel. Uh. On May 31st, Georgetown County Coroner Chase Ridgway announced Brittany Drexel's cause of death was undetermined due to the condition of the skeletal remains. Because mm-hmm. it had been a while. Yeah. During the search and investigation, there was someone else on the police's radar. Mm. We just didn't know. On April 26, 2009... Raymond Moody, a registered sex offender, was issued a traffic ticket in Surfside Beach about eight miles from Myrtle Beach. Police always do some sneaky shit. Mm -hmm. Moody would later claim he was out of town at this time, but the ticket proves otherwise. Mm -hmm. The apartment searched in relation to the case belonged to Raymond Moody at the time of Brittany's disappearance. So earlier when I said they searched an apartment, they didn't find anything. It was this apartment. 
Oh, shit. Moody no longer lived there at the time of the search, though. But they were looking for anything residual. Damn. Mm-hmm. Damn it. They were right there. Mm-hmm. In oh. February 2012, police identified convicted child rapist Raymond Moody as the primary person of interest. A statement from police said there was no new information to share and that Moody was one of the many people that we investigated over the course of the investigation. Okay. Authorities were led to a site where they believe Moody buried her body a day after she went missing. Authorities said Moody kidnapped and strangled the teen the same day she disappeared. So luckily she didn't suffer for days like they thought. I know. But still. They didn't stand a chance of finding her then. Mm -mm. It happened way too fast. Raymond Douglas Moody, 62, was convicted of killing 17-year-old Brittany Drexel and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Would you like to see what he looks like? No. Okay, go look anyway. It says Moody. Oh, I'm going anyways. He's... Ew. (sighs) He's creepy. He's creepy. I don't want to... He's got <laughs> blank dead eyes. He got dead eyes. Yeah. And they're black, and he's scary. He has no soul. Nope. I'm clicking off. Yep, you suck. He was also sentenced to two consecutive 30-year sentences for the charges of criminal sexual assault and kidnapping. Nice. On October 19th, 2022, Moody pleaded guilty to all the charges against him before the judge read the sentence. Here's a quote from Garbage Man. Mm-hmm. I, um, I was a monster. Was a monster then. Was a monster when I took Brittany Drexel's life. Yes. He said this addressing the courtroom. I don't have the words to express how horrible I feel, and I've felt ever since that day. I'm very sorry. Fuck you, dude. Mm. Fuck you, dude. Brittany's family was present at the sentencing hearing and requested the judge hand out the harshest sentence against Moody. Chad Drexel called Moody a perverted, sick monster, while Don Drexel asked the judge to sentence Moody to the fullest extent of the law. So he's never getting out of prison. No, I don't. I don't. He's think got he life is. plus sixty years. So. Yeah, he's in there. So they caught him. Oh my gosh! There I'm was so justice excited. for Brittany Drexel. That is awesome. I love that your case has justice. Yes. And like, I knew I wanted to do this case because like, I never would have done that as a teenager, but I had, Hell no. I, I had mean, I friends. Wanted I wanted to do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And I had friends that would do stuff like that. Now they never left the state, but I had friends that would sneak out and stuff, but I never did that. But I always wanted to. This is why this you is don't why do you that. Don't, don't sneak out of the house. Just don't. Just, don't, just come in. Don't do it. Your curfew's there for a reason because stupid crap happens mm-hmm. after those hours. And you know what? Most of the time, it's really not even that fun. The best part of the party is when you were there the first mm-hmm. time. Okay. Cause then after that, it's a bunch of drunk idiots and you're sober by then and you're going, what the fuck? I snuck out for this. Mm-hmm. Or you get murdered. So <laughs> those are the only two options. <laughs> only two a shitty options. party with drunk people, it's or you suck get murdered. Either way, okay. So just don't do it. Words of wisdom from Amanda. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> don't have sex. <laughs> don't have sex. <laughs> or you'll get pregnant and, and die. die. <laughs> take, a take a rubber. A rubber. <laughs> We're classy. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do it, okay? <laughs> all the advice. All of you oddballs need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Now I get to finish my pizza. I'm ready. Don't know shit about this. You don't know shit about fuck? Don't know shit about fuck. All right. Well... I was scrolling through spring break cases, and mm-hmm. I came upon this one, and it caught my eye. It's the Lost Boys of Pickering. Okay. I'm here for it. During the early morning hours of March 17th, 1995, six boys went missing from Pickering, Ontario. Jay Boyle, 17. Michael Cummins, 17. Danny Higgins, 16. Jamie Lefevre, 17, Robbie Rumbolt, I love that, (laughs) 17, and Chad Smith, 18. They were attending a party on Luna Crescent in town. 
Okay. I have a picture of all of the boys. Well, they're precious. I know. And they are... <laughs> Look at them. You see every facet of men's every, or teenage boys' 90s haircuts. Every aspect. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. We got all the of vanilla them. ice down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yo, oh vanilla. Kick it one time. Danny please. has the, I just realized Danny has the middle part. I haven't seen this photo of this the middle close. part with the shave side. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I'm right, here. Which one would be yours? Who'd you go for if you were? Okay. If I was a teenage girl mm-hmm. in the 90s. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It would be a toss up between Chad and Jamie. Mmm. They both have longer hair. Yeah. I mean, Jamie's got good hair. You know, see, Chad's got all the gel in it. Yeah. But back in the day, the gel was the cool that, thing It to was do. cool. So I feel like back in the day, <laughs> it may have been Chad. Hmm. But now being wiser, not wanting to touch crunchy gel hair, it would totes be Jamie. Well, it'd for sure be Jay. I see you as a Jay kind of oh gal. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> with the hat and the facial hair <laughs> maybe even robbie the vanilla eyes yeah <laughs> all right stop but most likely danny <laughs> <laughs> i'm dying right now what was it, that was my type not anymore but it was <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh my God. But they're precious, typical they high are. school boys. Like, cute little group of boys. They were. Jay was tall and muscular. Okay, I don't have an obsession with him. His family is the only ones who have publicly spoken about a lot of this. Okay. So, there's only information on him. Okay, so okay. calm down. <laughs> we'll take what we can get. All right. He was tall and muscular and had a blazing fastball that labeled him as a baseball phenomenon in his early teens. Well, get it, buddy. He'd done time for assault and was facing more assault and weapons charges Son, at the time of his disappearance. He also had a new baby daughter with his girlfriend, Monique. Their daughter was five months old. Sir, you're 17. Yeah, I mean, it happens. surprise come down Monique (laughs) (laughs) they shared a rented basement apartment together that night uh, Jay's mother was taking care of baby Kiara who turns 29 this year wow during the party the youngest Danny had an altercation with Jay Jay reportedly hit Higgins in the jaw oops um, so Danny left the party and he w- went to go find another friend who was also a friend of Jay's and have her kind of intercede between him and Jay. Like, girl, get your friend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that thing. is so high school. I love it. I know. But the girl and Danny returned to the party, but everyone had already left to an- go to another party to continue all the shenanigans. Danny and the girl then went home and then split up. Okay. The friend never saw Danny again. This girl is unknown. I don't know who she is. But they said her, so Probably there you because go. she was a minor. Yeah, I know. I'm going to respect that. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, back at the party after the fight, the remaining boys also left the party, telling others that they were going to go goof around at a local marina and that they would be back before morning. They had actually gone and uh, taken out a water trike earlier in the evening. What's a water trike? A water trike is one of those, like, big tricycle-looking things that has the big floating tires or whatever. Okay. I don't know what this is. I got to Google it. Okay. Oh! Okay. They're hard as as hell to get onto. I don't know how you... That looks like fun. I know. I want to do that. I want to do it. I'm going to send you this picture because they're like... Peace. Nice. Okay, that's cool. I want to do that. Um, somebody take me to ride a water trike. Okay. Okay. Right on top of that, Rose. 
We will find you a water trike. I want to do it, too. Yeah. That'd be a good leg workout. Yeah, it would. Leg day. Let's get drunk and go <laughs> ride water trikes. That's what I'm about. Well, that's what they did. Here for it. So this is kind of a thing they did. They would go to the marinas and kind of steal boats and steal water trikes and take them out and bring them back. So they were ornery. A little bit. You know, they were just <clears throat> teenage boys. And there probably wasn't a lot to do. Yeah, I mean, they didn't do anything horrible, but it's, it's just what they did. But it was the last time any of the boys were ever seen in person by their family and friends. At 1.48 a.m. on March 17th, a surveillance camera recorded three persons identified by family as Michael, Jamie, and Robbie entering East Shore Marina in Frenchman's Bay. This was on Lake Ontario. Okay. Just in case it, I don't think it said it. Um, the video revealed the passing of three boys in front of one of, of two cameras. The images are really grainy, but the three boys were able to be identified. The camera did not record any boat being taken or motored out onto the lake by the boys. Okay. So there's no report of where they were during the one-hour gap from when they left the party to when they were seen on that camera. They were getting alcohol or weed or something. Probably. Yep. Because... One person interviewed did say that they heard a loud incident of yelling and breaking of bottles at the small mall on Crossnose Street. Okay. Just north of the party house during that time period. Between two and three, one or more marina area residents reportedly heard a motor motorboat out motor on boat. the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am. Don't put that in there. I thought it was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> when the boys failed to return, two of the girlfriends contacted the Durham Regional Police early in the morning to report them as missing. They were on it mm-hmm. already, but officer Good job, ladies. Yeah, well, officer James Gillum appears to have been the first of contact for the girlfriends. Their story of the missing boys appears to have been taken very lightly by mm. officer Gillum. Who on page two of his report told the girls to tell the mothers of the missing boys and have them file a report. What the fuck, dude? Mm-hmm. Whether that be now or in the AM, he also wrote that he told the girls that since no specific locations were known to look for the boys, that I couldn't do much for them. He further wrote, Ryder felt that one of the girlfriends was not truthful and that the boys were not in danger. It should be noted that Officer Gillum's report was not filed until 1610 hours on March 23rd, 1995. Okay. You want me to say what actual time that is? 410? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it should- I was doing it in my head. Did you see my wheels turning? You want me to repeat it because that was kind of. No, I just said it. My brain brain paused when I got to it as well. I was like, fuck. (laughs) Anyways, so yeah, what, like a week later? Mm -hmm. The next morning, March 18th, a vessel was reported stolen from the East Shore Merida, um, described as a four meter, 14 foot long Boston whaler. I have a photo of what this boat looks like. Okay. Whaler. But that's a 1995 Boston Whaler. Okay. So it's not very big, but... I'd um, chill in that boat. I'd drink some beers in that boat. Yeah. The thing about Lake Ontario, though, like, it's a pretty big lake. It's And it's kind of beachy conditions. There's waves at all times. It's it's not calm. And especially at nighttime when the wind picks up, it's, it can be a little choppy. Mm-hmm. It was March... In Canada, yeah, it's cold, mm-hmm. really, really cold. By 2 p.m. Saturday, a search was begun. DRPS were joined by the Metro Toronto Police Marine Unit, the Coast Guard, and a C-130 aircraft and helicopter from the Air Sea Rescue at Canadian Forces Base in Trenton. Aerial views showed that there was a water trike floating, like okay. about 25 feet away from shore. But they found nothing that they considered a value to the investigation because one of the girlfriends said that actually 
when they returned the water truck the night before, they didn't really tie it up all that great. Okay. So, so there's a possibility that it float. Yeah. Um, hundreds of volunteers from across Southern Ontario joined the search, but no bodies, vessels, or pieces of clothing, um, were connected that were connected to any of the missing guys. Like, like none, nothing was ever found. Okay. The official search continued until March 22nd, although the police continued to follow up on leads, mostly items of clothing and old boats, but none of them were determined to be tied to the missing boys. There were also a number of sightings of the boys rep- reported by civilians, but the, you know it's not evident that these four sightings were even taken seriously. So how would they even know? On March 29th, a red gas tank was found floating, uncapped, and inverted, but it was empty. Okay. Like there was no water in it, nothing. Um, the U.S. Coast Guard retrieved it, and on viewing the bilingual labels, some of it was written in French, some of it was in English. They determined that it might have something to do with the missing boat. Mm-hmm. The tank was transferred to the DRPS, who took it to the East Shore Marina, where a worker stated that he was 99% sure it was from the missing boat. Um, his identification was made based on a small dent in the side of the tank. Okay. On April 10th, 1998, the remains of a male were recovered from the Niagara River near the water intake channel for Sir Adam Beck Hydro generating system that's a name i know it's a lot by niagara niagara (laughs) regional police i'm fine it's fine it flows into lake ontario that's why this is significant okay the description of the remains included a rather detailed description of the pants the reason why that's significant is because jay was wearing a pair of red denim levi's that night Okay. And a pair of red jeans were found. Okay. I have a picture of Jay wearing the pants and a picture of the pants that they found. I don't like this new setup. I know. It's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, there's a little bit of a conspiracy about the pants. When they found them... um. They, it was described as jeans and everything. They did not test the DNA on it until like 16 years later. What? The parents fought and fought and fought for the DNA to be tested. And the police were, were like, no, it's too expensive. And they're like, well, we'll fucking pay for it. Yeah, and the police were like, stupid. no, it's, it's not relevant enough. And it's because people don't know if maybe they were just withholding this information or the original pants were lost within the 16 years because the new pants were made of a waterproof they had like a waterproof coating oh. and that was not around back in 1995 okay that that they didn't put that on the jeans in 1995 <clears throat> interesting so okay yeah there's a whole lot of fuck-ups in this case. Things that should have been handled differently, let me put it that way. Yeah. All right, so here's some details um, from a private investigator hired by Jay's parents and I think the other families as well um, working on this case since the police have dropped the ball. Okay. And these are notes pretty much directly from him because I didn't want to mess up anything. There's some um, some problems with it. So, he's an Ottawa-based private investigator, and he has no plans to close this file. Okay. There are many different facets to this case and this investigation. On his page, he lays out facts and suspicions which make this case compelling and one which should be reinvestigated. First, pretty much what it says is the police sucked. Um, I get that. (laughs) It tracks. (laughs) He's very professional how he how he types it. So it's it's like a police report almost. But it's it I'm just gonna stick to it. Okay. But anyways. 
Um, it's been stated by many persons that they that police department has a very spotty record with a number of charges brought against members over the years. It's rumored that they had some harsh encounters with one or more of the missing boys just prior to the disappearance. Um, they had many encounters with this group of boys. As a result, it's suggested that their um, shady approach to this case was based on payback. That's fucked off. The videotape. So there was a videotape. This is another piece of evidence they got fucked up. Okay, so the private investigator, when he got on this case, he requested to see the footage. It was secured following the disappearance. Uh, he requested a copy of it when he came onto the case. When he received it, it had been edited down to about three hours. Out of how much, I don't know what the total length of the tape was. Okay. They first analyzed the images to determine the vantage points of the cameras. They took a Google Earth image of the marina area and regressed the image through the historical views and, I don't know, did all kinds of fancy stuff. I'm not going to bore you all with that. Yeah. But there was actually, like, a couple of cameras. It it had a couple of different views. So they were able to see, like, where the cars came in and entering the docks, and they would be able to see um, if they left or who they came with, all that kind of stuff. The tape also reveals additional information not reported. So there's whatever happened to the edited stuff. Don't know. There are a number of people in vehicles which show both before and after the boy's appearance. None of these were investigated by the police as far as we can determine. And there's a lot of vehicles that came and went between one and three. So. Yeah. Um. There are people seen on the tape during that time that the boys were supposedly in the area, but no one came forward to testify that they saw or heard anything and they were not sought or identified by the police that they can tell. So this boat, we're going to get to the boat now. Okay. The boat that they stole, it's never been found. They've searched the bottom. These boats are supposed to be unsinkable. I mean, okay. so is the Titanic. I was just going to say. But <laughs> it's got like straight styrofoam and then in fiberglass on the outside of it. They they even showed a test of like they cut it in half and two people were sitting on each side and it was still floating. So where the boat went, don't know. Interesting. It's It's really, really weird. It had enough gas in it to take it, I don't know, about 20 miles maybe. So when they found that gas can, thinking maybe they filled up somehow and kept going. But, okay. But where'd they go? It's a lake. I mean, yeah. they, they go up the river. I mean, I don't, don't know. I don't even know if that's possible. But there's, I mean, there's, oh God, there's so many theories. But the evidence suggests that police did not know if the gas had been stolen from other boats at the marina or if it just um, was already in the boat. So they don't know if they came back and got gas or whatever. Right. To further the situation of the Boston Whaler, there were a number of statements made to um, officers, which bear bear mentioning. On March 18th, an officer, no name, but we have his badge number. Okay. Should I should I reveal it? I mean, you can. It was in 1995. Number I'm 830 stated that the boat we are looking for is ser- they gave the serial number. Okay, so during this investigation, um, this private investigator also requested to have, like, a side-scan sonar. I mean, why not? Of the whole lake. Um, They contacted Ed Burt, (laughs) the founder of Ocean Scan Systems in Belleville, Ontario. Ocean Scan Systems are experts in the use of side-scan sonar technology, In their conversation, they learned that in 1995, he was contacted by the police to perform a side scan search of the area of Pickering to determine if the Boston Whaler had sunk. Before he could mount the search, police canceled the contract. The lake bottom search using the side scan sonar was never performed. Huh. And it's unsolved. There's no, there's nothing to go on. There's not enough for them to even keep going. Well, they fucked up so much that even if there was Mm -hmm. any evidence anywhere, it's gone. They've messed up all the evidence. I mean, it's... That's so sad. It is really, really sad. It's... 
I, I, like, I don't like it. I don't mm-hmm. like it at all, but I had not heard that one. So I was like, okay, well, if anybody knows anything, you know, if you feel like confessing something on your deathbed, just, <laughs> just so we can know, that'd be great. That'd be cool. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, though, if you confess to something, I'm going to tell on you. So <laughs> <laughs> think about that long and hard. Hmm. Maybe message Amanda. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm going to tell on you. Depends on what it is. <laughs> I can let some things slide. <laughs> She's a little more lax than I am. I'm kind of a hard ass. Don't tell me anything like that. Lord, is she? Oh, my God. <laughs> Try being friends with her. Ma'am? <laughs> I'm still here, ain't I? <laughs> Do you like a challenge? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And obviously you do as well. No. <laughs> Funny story. Oh, Lord. I'm going to eat some pizza. I have this friend who shall remain nameless for the story's sake. <laughs> who is so friendly and bubbly and outgoing. Just the complete opposite human of me. This girl was determined to be friends with me. Because she wants, like, she is the kind of person that wants to be friends with everybody. I know who you're talking about. I know you do. (laughs) She wants to be friends with everybody. And I admire that. I don't want to be friends with anybody. I mean, you know, like, I like people, but, like, I'm afraid of people. It's a whole thing. Anyway, so she told me one day, we will be friends. Mm -hmm. I will make you love me. Mm -hmm. Which made my skin crawl. (laughs) And I resisted this poor girl forever, and now she's one of my favorite humans. I love her. And (laughs) it is so insane. Like, what about me makes you like me that much that you're going to be that persistent and want to be my friend? But she, I mean, she was right. She knew. her friend, and I love her, damn it. I know. It's insane. When you know, you know. Opposites attract, I guess. Yep. Because I'm just surrounded by happy, bubbly people. You are. Mm, I don't know how the fuck that happened. I don't know, but I'm here for it. (laughs) Opposites attract. It's a good balance. (laughs) (laughs) It works. It's how we flow. (laughs) Okay. Anywho. Let's do some trivia. Trivia. You want to go first? It's trivia. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay, one more side note. <laughs> Earlier, oh I'm not going to clue you in on the entire conversation, but me and Amanda were talking, and oh no, the fact uh, that JB Lee Curtis takes Activia or eats Activia <laughs> was like part of the conversation, and that's all you need to know about that. <laughs> so that's that's where that came yeah, from. <laughs> You can stop it right there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's all we need to talk about. It's trivia. Oh, my God. We're old. That's some old people shit. If it's good enough for Jamie Lee Curtis, it's good enough for us. Okay, I'm going to let you read the question that we did last week while trying to recover. Okay. Okay. Last week's question was... What Philadelphia bar is linked with several victims of the city's Frankfurt slasher? Mm. The answer is the Golden Bar, known to locals as Goldies, pops up in any discussion of the Frankfurt slasher and still a still, I can read, I promise, a still (laughs) unidentified serial killer who terrorized the Frankfurt neighborhood of Philadelphia from 1985 to 1990. So... The Golden Bar, or Goldie's, was the answer. We had some people get it right. Woo! Two in particular. All right. One on Facebook, Miss Bonnie Cole. Good job, Bonnie. Ma'am. I'm so super proud of you. You are in the lead with 11. I feel like we should call her Bon Bon. Ooh, can we call you Bon Bon? You have a nickname. Just accept it. Yeah, don't fight it. (laughs) Just go with it. Just let it happen. It'll be good, I promise. (laughs) It'll only hurt for a second. We'll take it easy on you. (laughs) (laughs) And Miss Becca Boo on Instagram. Good job, ma'am. You got seven. 
you can still do it as well. Go, Becca. Go, Good Becca. Good job. Go, go, go Becca. <laughs> I'm high on biofreeze over here. It's fine. <laughs> Is it burning your eyes? Oh, a little bit. It is raining now. Oh, now it's going to get wet. Your is bio, it raining? Yeah. Your bio freezes. Fuck, bro. going to get wet. I hate loading up my car in the rain. I'll uh, help you. Okay. I have an umbrella in my car. <clears throat> How helpful is that? I'll go get it. No. Ugh, I have a new question. Okay. What's the new question? All right. New question. What famed Ohio serial killer from the early 1900s may not even exist? Ooh. One more time. One more again. What? What famed Ohio serial killer from the early 1900s may not even exist? And your time Ooh. starts now. 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 <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> Britney sang country. And there's proof. I just had a flashback to childhood. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. Oh, my gosh. If I was it. drunk, I'd sing that whole song for you. Well, I mean, 90s country is totally different than today's country. Now it's kind of stuck in my head. I tried so hard. Spent $48 last night at the county fair. You got to do the, got to do the uh, accent too. It don't work if you don't. I throwed out my shoulder, but I want her that teddy bear. <laughs> oh my fuck. I'm leaving now. Goodbye, friends. <laughs> We're done. We're going to go. <laughs> For real. I'm out already. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all come back now. You here? Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.